What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And welcome to this amazing App Masters virtual summit. I've got my good buddy here talking up here to talk about all about international expansion. I know we talked a little bit about localization, but we're going to talk about how do you expand to international markets because this is the guy whose expertise lies in that. So let me introduce the guest. His name is Josh Burns. He's been focused on mobile gaming market since the launch of the smartphone. And he's worked with some amazing, amazing brands such as Zynga, Ludia, Budge Studios, and many more to grow their audience and more importantly, their revenues in international markets via both partnerships and in-house strategies. So without further ado, Josh, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Looking forward to uh, the session. I know we did a webinar that's in the Academy as well, talking about like Japan being a huge market as well. So I definitely recommend you guys checking that out. But Josh, let's start with this. Like, how do you prioritize like expanding into the international markets? Uh, yeah, so it's a great question. I mean, so from the context of like a Western developer, uh, maybe in North America, um, you know, so my number one thing is always to just be very focused initially on your like home markets, close in markets. So basically, um, depending on the vertical, usually like U.S., Western Europe. Um, so outside of that, I mean, there's really kind of two ways. One is um, for sort of smaller companies is basically, um, you know, doing some research, looking at uh, different app intelligence uh, providers have different free data to look at like how competitive apps have ranked. Um, it's pretty straightforward, but just understanding like, you know, if an app has reached like higher in the free or pay or grossing charts um, in a country, like there's probably more potential either because organically it reached there or because the company was pushing a lot of marketing spend behind it, which one can assume means higher ROI. Uh, I think if you're more sophisticated or you have more resources, like doing like a small marketing budget test spend. So, um, you know, using Facebook or some of the standard Western channels, you know, acquire some users and look at like a per user basis. Like how do those compare versus, um, you know, the normal per user uh, KPIs that you see in your home markets. Um, and, you know, obviously looking to identify ones where they're higher um, or at least there seems like there's potential. What are some basic things that developers can do to just get started in that, in that international expansion? Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, what I see the mistake a lot of developers make is they don't do anything because they assume that they need to do, you know, extremely extensive and time consuming uh, work. So I think the main things is definitely, uh, you know, in app uh, localization, obviously, but doing that in a high quality way. Um, if you have some type of experience with a lot of maybe like a game that has narrative, like having your actual users, maybe you are bilingual to like review it. So most, uh, you know, translation is pretty cheap. It's like 10, you know, tens, you know, few cents per word. Um, and you can just have it sent out quickly. But if you have narrative, they're just translating from like a spreadsheet. So the key is really to like have, uh, you know, somebody that understands the language and your app ideally review it. Um, and the other main area is like the app store uh, assets and uh, app store like text and description is you have to localize that because if you don't, like a lot of users in specific countries, like especially in Asia, like they won't download your app um, if it's in, if your description and stuff is in English because they assume that your app is not going to be localized. Um, so those are like the two sort of like most accessible things that um, 
really are going to improve. You're obviously going to be getting some organic visibility in the store. That's going to significantly improve that, that conversion of that and the ROI of that if you can just do these two basic things. I know that doing these localizations, whether it's in-app or just the app store presence, can get really costly. And I've had friends who spent thousands of dollars doing it and seen no results. Like, how do you yeah. like figure out, like, how do you test that simply? Yeah, unfortunately, this is like, <laughs> this is always the kind of question that people ask is there's really, unfortunately, no way. I mean, basically, you know, you can just leave it as it is and see like what type of, um, you know, metrics you're getting either at a per user basis in app. But unfortunately, there's no way to really test it, right? Because you're essentially like asking to test something that's impossible to really do. It's not feasible. Um, so you essentially have to take the plunge. Um, so I'd say maybe pick one country um, that you think has the highest potential based on directional information that you see based on your the installs you're getting or um, the competitors and see how that performs and then do the next, you know, there's no need to do, you know, 10 countries like all at once. So at least start small and, and do that. Unfortunately, there's not really any way around, um, uh, you know, investing that up front. Um, but again, I, when I think about this stuff, you definitely want to look at like ROI for a lot of decisions. It's not about like making more, Sure, you're always going to probably make more, but are you going to be profitable based on what you invest to make more money? I know another virtual summit guest also spoke about hiring a local person to do the localization. Is that something you would recommend as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you have the resources, definitely. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking to sort of take things to the next level, I think it's like essential to have um, a sort of player or user uh, customer service community management person who's like local and native. They don't need to be in market. They can be in the U.S. Like a lot of people will have like college students who maybe are from overseas or, you know, speak the local language. Because the two things is one, you know, is understanding that audience, but also being able to communicate with them, but also be able to communicate them where they are located. So obviously they can also help with the localization uh, as well. So you can look at that. Um, that's going to be, you know, uh, maybe not as scalable, but if you're focused on maybe a two or three countries, it's maybe something you can, you know, most translation is done by freelancer anyway, by all these big companies. So if you can identify somebody um, yourself, um, and you want, you can handle kind of the back and forth, um, you know, it could be more cost effective. Are there certain markets that you know, like it's a no brainer, hey, Japan, Korea, I don't know what those markets are, but are there certain markets yeah. you're like, we should def you should definitely consider expanding to? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the vertical. So obviously a lot of my focus is in gaming. I think gaming is obviously great because it's very universal. Um, so, you know, uh, but it depends on the type of game experience. Like if you have like hyper, you know, super casual, hyper casual game, like there's not going to be much to localize. Those are pretty generically like universal. Like in that, those you should, you know, do the minimal work if any, frankly, that you need to um, for all the markets. But, you know, especially gaming, obviously Asia is huge, um, but the reality is like certain types of games don't resonate with users. Um, other verticals is a little bit more complicated and depends, I think, a lot on like who like market leaders are, you know, if it's like photo video sharing or editing, these kind of things. Obviously you have like offline uh, component that's gonna be, you know, sort of a non-starter for most people. but. Um, you know, for me, like I'm interested in like the high revenue per download markets, which is a lot of the ones in Asia, Korea, Japan, China. Um, 
uh, in gaming, like Russia is really strong in certain areas. Um, and then a lot of the like European, Western European region is definitely like a sort of easy access. It does require some localization, but usually the same things will resonate as in like Western North American countries. Does it differ much for these markets when it comes to iOS versus Android and Google Play? Uh, a little bit. So um, I think most of them, you know, have strength in both. You have some markets like in Korea, which is still strong, more Android. Um, you know, China is uh, more Android, but not Google Play. So that's a whole nother, whole nother session. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of the the reality is a lot of the higher sort of revenue per download markets have a lot of strength in iOS. Um, a lot of the more emerging markets that have lower revenue per download are more Android. So it kind of depends uh, what your focus is. I think if you want to be more efficient, focus on more ones where, you know, the per, per download revenue potential is higher, like that's going to be, you know, more iOS and Google Play focused. All right. So we got the basics. Start with your app store presence, maybe the in-app, you know, localization. Josh? Give me some advanced ones. Give me some advanced tips. Yeah, so I mean, I think the one I touched on before is really that like user uh, engagement, like player, especially for games, like community management is like understanding where to, you know, these players maybe don't want to communicate over email. They want, they're on, you know, different messaging apps like Line or Kakao in Asia. And that's where you can kind of create like critical mass, essentially like a Facebook uh, of those local channels, I think. Other things, if you look at the actual in-app in, in experience, um, again, a lot of my experience is not gaming, but adding like some type of localized content. But if it's like a social app, um, you know, and there's different um, uh, like emoticons and different like graphics, you know, you're having stuff that's relevant to like local users. And I think that's stuff that you can test. Um, you can look out in the market and see what's working in competitors' apps, things like this. But any type of in-app content that maybe resonates more based on the easy one is especially like holidays um, in different like key regions, like creating stuff around that, uh, different sports, things like this is another one. Um, and then, you know, I think on the marketing side and, and growth is like, you know, initially it's, you can do a lot, um, you know, again, start with this kind of like app store stuff that you have, you know, localize that, maximize the conversions that you can get there. Then if you start doing, seeing ROI, you can do marketing, um, through like Western channels like Facebook, Google, et cetera, et cetera. They all have inventory in those markets. When you pass that, like then you got, I think you start to look at like local opportunities, like local ad networks, um, maybe doing some like more localized promotions on different like messaging platforms. Um, so I think that's kind of can, you know, become a very complex process, but that's where you can really start to see scale and like get more into the minutia of like growing through local channels. So those would be just, you know, just a couple ideas. Is it as simple as if I'm ready to expand, maybe starting with Facebook, starting with Instagram, starting with all that stuff before moving on to the ad networks? Yeah, so I would say like, you know, basically my sort of strategy when I tell people is like, you know, you know how to, to buy traffic on these Western partner networks. They have inventory everywhere. Maybe it's not as much as like some local channels. Um, but you can do a lot just through that and your people are going to be much more familiar with how to, you know, run campaigns and do all the optimization and just execute the campaigns. When you start getting to like some of the local channels, it gets more complicated. Like you, 
um, they're probably less uh, feature rich, uh, easy to use. Um, sometimes you have to work through some type of local agency to access them. Things like this, where it's like way more complex to execute. So that's why I always say like do that after you've saturated like you know the sort of Western company ad, uh, like UA sources. I want to get back to what you talked about with the messaging apps. Is it as simple as just like building a community on these messaging apps? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you can essentially build like group chats um, or different sort of like, you know, or it's like one-to-one experiences. Like um, it depends which region you're focused on. And like a lot of users will use those maybe for apps that have some type of like games that have like social uh, gameplay, like in guilds and groups, things like this, people will inherently flock there. So I think if you sort of try to engage with people and creating like an official account that you can message users, users can reach you and message you there. Um, you can create different, like uh, you can create like a group chat for players of the game. Um, I mean, it's essentially like, you know, providing email support. It's just that like, this is their preferred way to have that like back and forth dialogue. Um, so it's pretty, it's totally accessible. It's pretty straightforward to understand. Um, but obviously then you need somebody that like can speak a local language uh, as well. From the App Store featuring perspective, Josh, do you have any experience with helping developers potentially land features in the different countries? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've worked with developers um, who have gotten featured there and helped around that. I mean, the if you think about featuring, like especially um, for, you know, well, let's just focus on Apple and Google. Um, usually like, all countries are sort of operate fairly in tandem in terms of featuring. Like if you're going to get a global feature, it's really going to be pretty much in every country. The countries that don't uh, usually operate separately are the ones in Asia. So like Korea, Japan, and China tend to like, if you look on a week by week basis, like you see some things that get featured um, that uh, aren't being featured, uh, you know, outside of those markets. So they tend to operate a little bit, somewhat separately, it's not always the case. So I think, um, you know, if you want, you know, we go back to localization, like if you're gonna get featured in those countries, like you have to support the localization there at launch. Uh, I mean, it's possible to get around that, but the reality is no. So, you know, if you are in touch with the app stores and you are interested in, especially the Asian markets, you definitely want to make sure um, that you have done that localization and they'll, and they'll sometimes reach out to people and be like, Hey, we're really into your app, but you need to like get this thing in simplified Chinese or whatever. And then we'll feature you. So, um, the mechanics are somewhat similar. You know, you're working through your main contacts wherever you are in the world, but, um, uh, you need to support that localization. And sometimes you just might not get visibility uh, in those countries in Asia because, again, this is more on the gaming side because uh, they operate a little bit differently. And if you have no contacts, any suggestions there? Uh, in general, you know, I think that's like, uh, you know, people people are very reluctant to make introductions. But, you know, uh, you know, I know you work with people around that that can help as well um, make those connections. But, you know, they always want you to work with kind of your local regional person. Um, and the reality is you should focus more on like getting the featuring and visibility in your sort of home territories. If you can get some visibility in, in those um, Asian markets um, or international markets, great. Um, but uh, it's possible maybe you could get some visibility if you, you know, add localization later. That's maybe considered like an update and can get you some featuring. 
Yeah. I would definitely recommend filling out those forms, appstore.com slash promote. I mean, especially if you started localizing, you can just tell them which countries you're supporting and maybe the new, there's a little what's new section that you can add yeah. in there as well. Josh, exactly. let's talk about the launch. Should I launch globally? Should I launch in specific markets? What should I do there? Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, my general feedback is to launch as many places as possible. Um, I think, uh, you know, this is vertical, vertically for each vertical is very different. Um, but for sort of mass market products for like consumers, if it's games or some type of utility apps, things like this, uh, I would say, you know, just release it everywhere. Um, Maybe the only the only situations where I maybe wouldn't is if you're playing to add localization and you just didn't have time to do it um, at launch. Um, you know, the reality is like, especially in gaming, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm gonna wait because you know I might work with some local partner in China, so I, I don't know what's gonna happen." Uh, the reality is these days that's fairly unlikely. Um, and honestly, like if you can uh, release and show that you're getting some like uh, interest from the market on a per user basis, even if it's very small, like that actually might help your case to find like local partner. Um, so I'm, I'm more proponent these days of just like la launching everywhere unless there's a very specific reason not to, um, because you obviously have that ability to get, you know, some visibility uh, from the app stores early on. And um, there's obviously the halo effect of being, you know, sort of a new game and having people download it in all different countries. Uh, that people can download it in certain countries, like you miss out. So I'm a big proponent of just, you know, doing that. And that's a way that you can kind of get that initial test of like, you know, where, is there specific markets or countries where there is more, seems to be more strength than others? Um, just from those maybe, you know, 50 to 100, you know, 20 to 40 to 100 installs a day, you can get some, some uh, insights there to understand. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I push people to kind of, you know, make it available everywhere um, unless you have a really, really good reason not to. I see. The For the China market, are there, yeah. like, do you help with us getting into the China market? Because there's some complexities there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the China market is very complex for uh, all verticals, um, but gaming is these days, like, uh, even more and more difficult. Um, you have basically a lot of regulatory uh, hurdles that have been thrown up from the government, basically, uh, you know, every game is uh, supposed to be reviewed um, through this governmental process, which has been essentially paused since March. So you have, um, there's no ability to essentially launch new games. So right now there's still a gray area with iOS where you can um, even, you'll see that there's some place where you're supposed to put the, the uh, code for China for your, you know, uh, license code. But um, you know, it's subjective in terms of like who's reviewing your app, whether they push back and, uh, on your release in those markets. Um, so, uh, you know, you can still do it on iOS. My sense is that might change, um, you know, potentially soon, but frankly, there's not much developers, you know, outside of the market can do about it to, to worry about, uh, so not to worry about it, but, um, you know, uh, so you have the regulatory side and then you have the the distribution side with Android where um, basically there's no Google Play and, uh, you know, you need to, um, uh, you know, it gets very complicated on that part uh, as well as for distribution. So, um, yeah, I, working with companies in that area, but it's just becoming more and more difficult. Um, it's also a very, you know, very competitive market, um, whether it's gaming or not. You have companies with huge amount, access to huge amounts of capital 
and um, it's fierce competition. If you're kind of a foreign company, it's there's a lot of complexities outside of even the government um, that kind of throw roadblocks for you for both distribution and monetization. So uh, it's one that I think Western companies are becoming less focused on just because of all these complexity and, and uh, challenges. What about the monetization side? Are there any things like strategies that we can do that maybe these Eastern markets behave differently in terms of monetization from the Western markets? Uh, oh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, uh, you know, the, the Asian markets tend to be more focused on uh, kind of like um, uh, for gaming, it's uh, very focused on like pay to win. So basically, you know, users expect that if I spend money that I'm going to have some type of advantage in the game. Um, you know, so I think from that side, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, there's a lot of Western, you know, games are successful that are similar, but it's a little bit more blatant uh, in the Asian markets. Um, from the ad side, like, you know, uh, it's a little bit less mature, honestly, than um, we see in like the sort of Western countries. So, you know, in China, like monetizing through ads is still fairly new. Um, especially on Android. So um, I think that's going to change, uh, or that is changing. But um, uh, I think, um, you know, that's less of a, you know, business model potential, especially outside of iOS. Um, but from in terms of what users, you know, consume and use an app, it's like pretty similar. You know, the be beauty is like free to, you know, freemium has been the standard since the beginning. Um, outside before the smartphone for other types of experiences. So for them to monetize um, your app through that type of model is like very familiar to users there. And, um, you know, these days in the West or North America, it's, you know, pretty common as well. Um, but there, users are much more, or have a long history of being accustomed to free to play. I know the art styles are extremely different from the Asian markets to the Western markets. They're like a more yeah. a little cartoony style. Do do companies generally launch a brand new app to kind of have all that stuff, like a new icon, all that stuff, or is it just like a localized icon? Uh, yeah. So this is, I think where, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole of like doing too much where if you do all this, all like what you described, you're probably going to make more money, but you've also invested many, many more times, you know, more like development effort and just an effort and time to do it. So I think, um, Historically, like, yes, especially in Asia, uh, especially in the gaming side, you know, people would make like a localized version of the game for China that had a lot of, it was very, very different, you know, experience in terms of look and feel, maybe even features. But uh, these days, it's harder to make that profitable. So that's why I tell folks to start like more basic. And then if things are performing well, then maybe look at uh, evolving to something like what we described, which is like a fully localized version. Um, but the, the, the sort of like profitability of that model is like pretty challenging these days because you can invest a ton of money uh, and resources to make uh, to make that happen. So um, but, you know, go, touching on something we talked before is like App Store assets like that's somewhere where like I'd say like middle of the road, like advanced is like, OK, I'm, you know, uh, I've localized my App Store presence for Japan, but like maybe I'm actually going to have different screenshots or maybe I have a different icon. Like for gaming, like a lot of the, the Japanese players love having like a, some type of character. So even if like your game doesn't have some type of like NPC or character, like people will add that to the icon just because it's like helps with conversion and download. So 
these are some of the like middle range complexity things, but I think customizing the app experience um, in like extensive detail, making a separate app for a specific region is like, uh, it's very difficult to make that work. Um, and then you're dealing with multiple versions of your app. You got to update them and you know, this kind of stuff. It gets very, very resource intensive quickly. Do you have an example of an app that's done that little localization icon really well that we can check out? Uh, well, I mean, it's all subjective. I think if you look in the gaming category, like basically if you look at maybe the top grossing, um, uh, games in the U S even, you know, uh, the easy trick is you just go to the URL and then you change like the country. Um, so I haven't looked a lot of recent games, but historically, if you look at something like game of war, you could change like Japan, like it's completely different. Like all the graphics are totally different. Um, if you look at even like Smule, which is like a music app, um, you know, they have different, uh, the ethnicities of the, uh, you know, their actual photos. So the ethnicity of the people is different in, in different regions. So, I think in, in that area, you can learn a lot just by looking at what other companies have done and just getting a sense of like what's working. Um, in terms of the icon, uh, I don't have anything specific right now that comes to mind, but um, you can get a sense by just looking across like what people are doing to maybe, or even looking at like local, like if it's Japan, like look at what are you know, local Japanese games doing and including in their, uh, in their assets. So Josh, now that we're in a very mature mobile market, what are some trends that you're seeing yeah, so I think, um, you know, the market in general is, like, consolidating a lot. So, um, again, looking at gaming, because gaming I see is, like, the most advanced uh, kind of vertical in the store. You know, um, everyone's, well, you know, there, you have a few large player uh, companies in the market, and they control a lot of the sort of market share, and they sort of saturated, like, their home market. Um, so, you know, they're now looking to continue to grow. Maybe they become a public company and they have to continue to grow. So they're looking outside of that. So for us here in like North America, like we're seeing a lot of, um, foreign companies, especially in Asia, like come here, um, to, uh, to try and like capture like more revenue here, more revenue growth here in the U S because we also don't have as many regulatory requirements. So if you're a Chinese company like you're faced with the same issues that you can't release any new games in china because these the government requirements so what are you going to do you're going to be like oh i'm going to focus somewhere else so these guys have huge amounts of resources and money um and i think you're seeing that in other verticals too um a lot of maybe like uh traditionally like chinese like mobile first services as e-commerce um, are trying to expand into different markets, um, you know, obviously within the Asia region, like Southeast Asia and India, so like this, but also coming to, you know, different like uh, parts of the globe outside of that. So I think, you know, overall, like, uh, you know, there's going to be more, comp we're going to see more competition here, but there's also um, from local companies, I think we're seeing more expand into these markets, um, looking for growth opportunities, maybe in like emerging markets, um, like, you know, Wish is he heavily, like, growing in, like, Southeast Asia and things like this. So I think um, it's kind of going both ways. But, uh, you know, the reality is for the smaller companies, it's going to become more challenging because you're going to see kind of companies that traditionally focus just on a specific region, like, trying to go broader um, and capture, like, global, the global market for whatever their sort of area focus is. Well, if you want to learn more about Josh and work with him on the international expansion, go check out 
go check out digitaldevconnect.com. Josh, do you want to send the audience anywhere else? No, I think that's uh, that's where to go. You can check out some of the stuff I'm working on and uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me if you have questions about anything. Always happy to talk to anyone and give some general advice. Josh speaks at many, many events, so you, you can check him out there to say hi to him. But he knows his stuff when it comes to these international markets and really understanding what it takes to succeed in these markets. So once again, it is digitaldevconnect.com. Josh, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Awesome. My pleasure. Thank you all for watching. And I'll see you on the next virtual summit interview.